Kitch. Yellow. Uh, no Denno uh, this week. It's kid night, so he is uh, otherwise engaged. I'm sure he'd much rather be doing the pod with you and I as opposed to dealing with dinner time. Um, yeah. But here we go. We are back, apparently recovered from the uh, from the derby, which we will uh, talk about a little bit later uh, in the show. But uh, are you uh, you fully recovered? Yeah, yeah, I'm recovered. It's a full day of travel, as we can get we can get on to later on if you want. But yeah, uh, well, it's, you know, I don't want to hear about anyone's full day of travel. <laughs> it's very we have different very different versions of what a full day of travel looks <laughs> you like. Do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Uh, We've teased the audience with the Derby talk, but let's uh, let's go Raps. Uh, let's go. Um, there's not a lot going on in Raptorville at the moment. We get a couple of things. Uh, we'll talk the latest on the on the coaching search here, which no news. Um, so clearly they're taking their time. But the big rumor, I mean, or concept that's out there at the moment is that the Raptors and Bucks could be swapping coaches. Oh, I. I hope not. I really, really hope not. I, I, I don't think Boonhuis is a good coach. I think his in-game, his in-game coaching, I think, is very poor. Um, he he doesn't adjust well to, to what the off, what the what his, his, he doesn't adjust defensively well to what the what the other team keeps bringing to them. And uh, I just, I really don't want him. I've never liked him. I think Giannis has saved his career for a number of years. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that one. So I think what people forget about Budenholzer and it's um, it's tough, right? Because he does have a championship, but in the bubble, right? They're the one seed. Um, were they one seed? Yeah, I think they were. I think they were the one seed in the bubble. Uh, they get run out of town by the heat. I think it was in five. Uh, I think Giannis did get hurt in that series again, but uh, they get, you know, underperform. Next year outside the bubble, uh, they run to a Nets team. Uh, Durant's toes on the line. They squeak by that one. They're down 2-0 in the finals. They come back. They win the title. Um, everything's good. Uh, they get, you know, but before that, the theory was that he was getting fired. If they lose that net series or at any point but without winning a championship, he was getting fired for a yeah. lot of the issues that we're going to talk about here in a second that he had this year. And that so was the Durant. You're after seven to Boston, but you know, Middleton was hurt. Um, it was, you know, series could have gone either way. They would have gone back to the finals. Like, so you, you can, you can argue that, that that wasn't uh, a meaningful sort of like, uh, or watershed moment. They lose, uh, don't defend the title that they got to fire him. So, but then this year they come in heavily favored in the first round against the heat, uh, at one point, won 17 straight games in the regular season. Um, and then flame out in five Giannis only played half the minutes of the series. So that's kind of a big deal. Uh, but to lose in five, three games on your home court, uh, or sorry, two games, is it two games on their no, home court? Those two games, uh, home court, yeah. you know, kind of unacceptable. Took them a while to figure it out, but unacceptable. And they fire him and they fire him because of this concept that he's rigid in his structure. He doesn't in game adapt at all. Sticks with his rotations exactly as, uh, as he has, you know, throughout the season, you know, it just is not sort of doesn't go with the flow of the game very well. It doesn't make the in-game adjustments. And I mean, like to your point earlier, absolutely the last type of coach 
I'd want to see in Raptors. Yeah. I, I think it would be a, a major step backwards, and I actually don't think it'll happen. I, I just think it's it's a good talking point because it kind of does uh, on paper. You could you could argue it. Yeah, yeah, you could. Um, yeah, that Durant's toe wasn't on that line in that uh, playoffs. Was that three years ago or four years ago? He's he's fired then, so he saved like that one toe by Durant saved his saved him another three or four years of a coaching career. Oh, for sure. He's fired and probably not even thought of or talked about in a lot of these coaching uh, next coaching opportunities. Like it's just, it's amazing uh, what sort of that one play does. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't imagine, but now if you look at what else we're, what we're hearing out there, Adrian Griffin still is um, being talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he's still a front runner. Adrian. He's four, he's four to one. So he's four to one to get the job. So he's the leader. He's the one that's uh, I don't, I don't like that. Um, he's been assist- assistant since 2018 with the Raps. I want some fresh blood. I do not want somebody from the bench taking over who's been maybe under Casey and definitely has been under under Nurse. And uh, I just don't I don't want that happening. Yeah, you know, I guess I don't know what I don't know what I I don't know what I want uh, because I'd like to know what the roster is what we're dealing with, and then I might feel differently. I mean, I, I think fresh meat is uh, I would lean towards that. Yes. Um, but I mean, if they're going to run this thing back before they make some, uh, decisions or roster moves, then I don't know if it's worth going out and getting a, you know, a flashy coach like the Hawks did with Quinn Snyder in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. uh, because you don't know what that roster is going to look like. So I, I mean, I, I guess if it, I'll, I'll say this, if they run it back and they're going to reevaluate everything and, um, and they sign Fred, if they keep the core of OG, Fred, Pascal, uh, Pirtle, and who am I missing? Uh, Fred, OG, Pascal, Barnes. Oh, and Barnes. Yeah. Right. If they decide to keep that, then you know what? Maybe Adrian Griffin is the answer for the next two or three years and see what, and see what we do. But because that team's obviously not going to win. Yeah. But I don't think it's not, you're not going to get players to come there. Like, I think you want to coach that maybe can attract some, some talent as well. Maybe some guy who's got a bit of a bit of a history somewhere else where he like they like for example here in the last uh, twenty four hours or forty eight hours here they put a big push on this uh, they're, they're interviewing this uh, David Adelman or Adelman Adelman Rick Adelman yeah David Adelman so the the uh, assistant coach from the Nuggets so he's been he's been assistant coach since two thousand eleven spent the last six seasons with the Nuggets as an assistant son of Rick Adelman Hall of Fame coach oh, I've not heard yeah. this and I didn't yeah, even know so Rick Adelman had a son let alone coaching in the NBA. So there you he's, go. He's been doing it forever. He's been and he's been in charge of the Nuggets offense. Um, so I and I what I'm hearing is 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 besides looking for a more offensive minded coach, which so so he's interviewing these offensive minded personalities. And there's a guy that you know I'm I don't know anything about Adelman or the fact that he's got his father who's got a big uh, past with him, a big a pretty pretty successful history. And then you've got a guy who played with the Nuggets or coached with the Nuggets, so he might be able to help with well, uh with recruiting or bringing size size connection to the nuggets right he's still connected there yeah yeah so i i'm thinking i'm thinking i, I that that kind of that kind of situation i would rather have that assistant coach than an assistant coach that's currently on the bench that's sort of where I'm, I'm leaning towards there yeah i mean i guess but again i don't think that i don't think getting an assistant coach from somewhere uh somewhere else is going to have a huge impact on no. drawing like i don't i don't think adelman draws any free agents to the to the greater four one six area code. Hmm. I don't know. He's coached a lot. So he's coached a lot. And man, maybe he gets maybe he gets a free agent out of Denver who like playing for him. Yeah, well, you know, if he's coached a lot and he becomes 
the first time head coach for the Raptors. Well, why has he been coaching a lot on the bench? Why is he the second, third fiddle? If he's been coaching a lot and he's got some, and he's got some substance yeah. to him. True. Right. True. I mean, the hot, the hot guy usually finds a gig long before, um, 11 years. You know, it, it's two or three years, yeah. whatever. But you know what? I find it weird that, you know, are we now suggesting that nurse wasn't offensive minded? I, I always thought he had a, Oh, he was, he was a no. He was defense. He was a defensive coach. He was he was known as being a defensive coach, and, and and you score from your defense. That was his his mentality, and that's why that's why the players quit him because they stopped playing defense for him near the end of the season. And uh, you could just see the players they weren't playing defense, and and our defense turns into offense for us. Like we we're a big transition team. I think we're not a we're not a set set and throw the ball around the perimeter NBA type team. I I found we still have enough quality shooting. Well, because we don't shoot him, and so that's what I mean. I would argue that that's not necessarily that we don't have the sets. I mean, he listen, great out of bounds plays, um, for sure. I, w- I would question. I would definitely question his uh, play calling or his play uh, structure uh, with last possession. Last possession structure was horrific. Little suspect. Yeah, Little same <laughs> with the challenges. Same same campus as challenges. What, yeah. But you know what's so crazy about all of this, right? Is that you go back to this 41 and 41 season, there were easily 10 games that if we go seven and three, as opposed to losing them, right. You win seven mm-hmm. of those games yep. that you could have easily won. We were at least three or four of them. We, you know, the next game, uh, Kyrie's game winning shot game. Like we're at a bunch of those games. And if those go the other way, this is a, almost, it's a 48 win team. Again, they're probably the sixth seed and who knows what's it's just, it is amazing how those little things, um, those get, you know, not winning, those crunch time games can really change the outlook of a, of a, uh, of a franchise. Cause that's kind of what's happened here. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I feel you, very I different. I pulled up, I pulled up the odds. I pulled up the odds today okay. for coaching odds. So Griffin's four to one. Boonheiser is five to one. So he's second right now. Then they got three at six to one. You got David Adelman. So the guy they talked today with the Denver coach, Earl Watson. So the other assistant yeah. who's in there and then Frank Vogel, Vogues, six to Vogel, which I do uh, not. That would want. be a disaster. <laughs> yeah, unmitigated. Uh, oh, one more six to one. They got Sergio, the Sergio Scariolo, also oh, yeah. six to one. Yeah, I'm not sure a guy who half the team can't understand him is a great coach in there. <laughs> he's a, he's got a thing. Yeah, but pa- apparently the players love him. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, and then the my nine girl? to ones, oh. nine to ones, where the guys get in there. So nine to one is Stackhouse. Stackhouse at nine to one. Uh, Kenny Atkinson at nine to one, which I, I would, that's my, that's a guy I would like the most be Kenny Atkinson, the, yeah. the old Nets coach coaches the Warriors and they probably can't talk to him until the Warriors are out of the playoffs. So, well, that'll be, Maybe that'll they, be in two more nights. It could be, it could be 10 to one, Sam Casal, 12 to Cassell. one, Steve Nash, yeah. 12 to one Nash. And then uh, 25 to one, Becky, Becky Hammond. Becky. Yeah. Well, the one I want to see for sheer entertainment value, uh, just how long you'd last in those seats. Oh. Did you hear what I said? You didn't say that. I didn't see, hear the name. Becky, how long you'd last oh, in those seats? I, I think security would be escorting you out. Uh, game six. I can't see it. I just can't see it. Like the, the attitudes of some of these NBA prima donnas in the league now, like I don't, that, that would, that would, she'd have to be very, very, very thick skinned in that situation. Listen, I don't. I don't know enough about her resume to suggest one way that if she was a qualified coach um, 
for all the things that you tick the box. If you weren't looking, if you were at a list of things that you were looking to tick the box and you didn't know the gender of the coach and she ticked more boxes than the other guys, mm-hmm. I'd say, why not? I would say, why not? She came under pop, kinda, right? She coached under pop for a long time. I'm sure she's, she's, yeah, she's kind of followed the, uh, like a bit of the stack. I was like, she was, she was the assistant coach yep. under pop rated. And then she went, now she's with the Las, Las Vegas aces, which I presume is the WNBA team. I'm, I'm, yeah. We just won a championship. Oh, really? Oh, so she took over yeah. for, uh, she took over for Bill Hembeer. That was Lambeer's team. So she really? took, she, she came in for Bill Hembeer. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. she, uh, I think Lambeer coached yeah. for every team in the WNBA at one stage. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. I think so. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> um, all right. Well, like I said, kind of, kind of a lot of, not a lot happening at the moment in Raptorville. So that's, um, uh, that's, I, can I, I don't know if we can beat that horse anymore in the coaching selection. No, it's all pure speculation too. And I must, you know, Masai, he usually comes up with something right out of left field. So we're probably dead wrong on everything we predicted. Some, some person from Africa who's a, who's a, who's going to be here to coach for next year. Could be, yeah. uh, could be from, could be from anywhere. I don't know if it has to be Africa. What about the Ukraine? Well, he's he's Russia. Big the, he's Russia. Big, he's big on the African like uh, basketball movement. So, can find can find somebody from his home country and bring him in. That wouldn't <laughs> surprise me, actually. Um. All right. Let Let's move on. Um, okay. A couple other things in Raptorville. OG Denon was all excited today. Uh, it's too bad Denon was on the pod. He'd be wearing a, he'd be wearing an OG shirt front and backwards. He'd be wearing. He'd have three of them on. Uh, OG named to that career launching uh status the second team all defensive team in, in the nba so uh congrats to our our good friend og ananobi yeah yeah like i say never better trade value than we had for him this year and we didn't take advantage of that so yeah. well i mean i think where deno wanted this to go is for somehow some big sort of uh <laughs> I'm sorry, OG. I called you. I, I think a year and a half ago, I said he wasn't a great defender. I think a few times this year, and I still, I still believe it. I think his. I saw too many times for him as a one-on-one defender, um, where I thought, wow, a guy went around him relatively easily. For all this talk of him being a, uh, you know, a lockdown defender, you know, a LeBron stopper. Like I'm, I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying using that sort of. Uh, terminology around him him coming out saying i'm i'm deserving of being an nba defensive player of the year like i mean i don't see that with him but i also think i'm probably being a little bit unfair by suggesting that there are 10 other guys out there that are or are better you know one-on-one defenders and you know he led the league in steals so obviously he meets a lot of the criteria and i think reputations and or momentum around this stuff like everyone was talking about him this year being a three and d guy and being a great defender so that stuff i mean how many of these voters actually watch Raptors games and can tell whether or not OG is actually, or they only see him when he comes into town and that sort of stuff. So uh, listen, good on him. Uh, maybe it's me. Maybe I don't have the understanding of what makes an, uh, a great uh, defender and or all defensive <laughs> team. Uh, I'm willing to admit that could be me. Could, could be me. But to the naked eye, to my uh, university uh, skill level basketball playing days. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, listen, let the league and steals ton of deflections. That sort of stuff. So good on him. Congrats, OG. Congrats. Yeah, yeah congrats. You congrats know what? From the pod to OG. <laughs> we couldn't be happier for you. Couldn't be happier. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> listen, it can't hurt his trade value by putting that on there, right? I mean, no. if, if that 
honestly, that will not hurt. If anything, this might actually uh, increase it a little bit. And there was a ton of talk um, around how some teams should have met the asking price for him, right? Like the Warriors, it was a talk about how they should have met the asking price for him. Memphis yeah. should have met the asking price for him. You know, so he has, he's got a level of um, stature within the NBA that we're going to get some, if we trade him, uh, we're going to get something for him. But the question is, can you trade him and win the trade? He's going to, he's going to go to a, like he, he will uh, relish on a team that has a great offensive presence. If you take it, if you take Golden State or, or, uh, yeah, say, take the Warriors, they can knock down threes, they can score. So you throw him on there and say, you know, you don't need to score. It's just like, just like PJ Tucker for the, for the 76ers. Yeah, stand there. You might get the odd yeah. shot, but I think OG OG still thinks that he is this offensive threat. And once he gets out of his head and just realizes I'm focused on defense and I'll get the odd touch in offense, then uh, then I think he he uh, he excels in the league. Well, 100. percent I think that's the problem. I think that was what he ran into the last couple of years. That he wanted a bigger role in the offense, wasn't getting it. Maybe uh, express that. Um, and yeah, but I think if he thinks he's going anywhere where he's going to be the key offensive or, you know, a, even a second option, he's not going to be a second option no, anywhere. You know, what be. team he goes to, he'd go to the Pistons and not be a second option. Yeah. He is a defensive presence who sits in the corner and needs to knock down close to 40% of his threes. And yep. he'll make a lot of money for a long time if he can do that. Right. Yeah. No, so, I, I think, I think that's, I think that's his role. And uh, just, he's got, he's got a little, and he can't dribble. Just can't, don't let him dribble. All right, uh, two more Raptor things I want to talk about that came up this week that you may or may not have seen, um, which is good. If you haven't seen it, it's even better. So DeMar DeRozan, our guy, uh, only significant free agent to ever really to, – to re-sign after he was a fully unrestricted free agent, um, came out and said – I think he was on Stephen A. on ESPN and said that had the Raptors um, – stuck with him and kept that core around him uh, that they would have accomplished the same thing as the championship the 2019 championship Raptors. So he's basically saying I stay within two or three years. The same thing would happen. We would have title with me. Your immediate thoughts. Not a chance. That was, that was a, that was a huge block of steel. Kawhi Leonard's a top, Top, if you if you get a healthy Kawhi Leonard, he could be. I'd almost argue a top three. Uh, well, for sure. A in twenty nineteen, I think you. I think in twenty nineteen, you'd say he was a top three. At worst, he's yeah. a top five guy in the league. At worst, yeah. yeah. And and one of the best defensive players in the league too. Of which yeah, DeRozan, which, which DeRozan does not play defense. He chooses not. Oh to my play God, defense. Kawhi was guarding Giannis the last yeah. four games of that series. Kawhi guarded Giannis. DeRozan's yeah. not doing that. No, right. Well, not doing uh, not doing it well. That's for sure. He's not, yeah. It, it, but again, right? It's this. It's this mentality, and I, I get it. Like they, they have to say and believe these things. Otherwise, I think that's uh, when bad things happen to you too. But that is like yep. ludicrous for him to suggest oh. that we're winning a t- like they had plenty of chances. I mean, the only thing they didn't have in his time was really Gasol. We got him after, um, yep. after they left. So Gasol, who was, and we got Gasol at the very end of his uh, productive years. Yep. Um, so you could argue that that was, you know, would have been the only real difference. But I mean, they had plenty of chances. They had plenty of chances oh, yeah. with they, that they, core. They had, they had chances with that core for sure. There was no way they'd win that. And I even Gasol. Remember Gasol? Remember 
there was por- points in that season where we hated the Gasol trade. I, remember, I don't know if you remember yeah. that season. He, oh yeah, we he were on Gasol for a while. He went for long for stretches sure. without doing anything. And uh, yeah, um, so there's not that's that's a, a ludicrous statement that is right there. Yeah, it, it just completely not understanding how no. this all works and really what I mean. I think DeMar has made a couple of third team all NBAs. I think he didn't as pretty sure I need to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure he's been at least one. So at one stage he was considered by that criteria, a top 15 player in the league, but he is come on. He's not, ne- he was never even close to being a top five or top 10 player in the league ever. No, no. Okay, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad we agree on that. I, I was, I felt confident that we'd agree on, on that yeah, one. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> but you know we're talking about it. His name, his name's out there. I mean, multiple people were talking about it. I mean, Stephen A. had him on, and they they kind of. It was funny after they were kind of like, "Hmm, that's for sure tomorrow." Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> all right, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Um. Oh yeah, if we right, had last, him on. We'd be, uh, we'd be saying if we had him on, we'd be saying, "Yeah, you're right for sure. You for sure you uh, you, you would have won with you." There's no way if we had draws on our pod. Yeah, we'd be we'd be pumping them up. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have been. I would be like tomorrow. <laughs> Come on now. Um, well, maybe if your daughter was there screaming throughout the entire championship season, right? Maybe if she could distract everyone from a free throw, maybe, maybe, maybe we get to the, maybe we get to the conference semifinals. I don't know. Um, all right. Last thing. Uh, fake trade on the bleacher report. They came out with uh, a Raptors, New Orleans trade concept. Okay. Straight up, straight up. And, I think it's a no brainer, but straight up Zion for Pascal. No, No. you wouldn't do that. No. Zion is is the next Lamar Odom. Was it Lamar Odom? No, it was Lamar Odom. Was the guy, uh, the guy that came out of Ohio state that was a number one pick overall. and just can never be healthy enough to stay in the the league. uh, The big dude um, who went to Portland was hurt the whole time. Played with Conley. Never played. Um, So I, I I think that's, I think. Okafor. Okafor? Okafor. No, Okafor played. No, that was that Okafor was the Duke kid. I want to say Odom, but it wasn't oh, Greg Odom. Greg Odom. Greg Odom. Odin. That was it. Odin. Greg yeah. Odom. See, I still but, got uh, it. But I, Zion is just not a basketball body. Like you look at his body, there's there's hardly anybody else in the NBA who's who's half decent with a body like his, and there's a reason. It just doesn't work. And I I don't I, he's a great talent. He'd be a great. He'd sell a lot of shirts. Fans would love it. But I think come. December fifteenth, every stinking year, you'd be like, "All right, well, there's he's hurt again. When are we gonna?" When he, so I just, I can't. I would take Ingram over him miles before I would take Zion. Yeah, we're not gonna. Well, I would maybe for Pascal. For, you might. Yeah, I might. You have to get a little bit more, I think, if you're the wraps on that. But I don't know. I would apps. I'd pull that. I'd do that trade right now. Oh, I would do that trade. The, what you want to see right him now a for Big season. for Big Z? He needs a healthy season under his belt. Oh my one, God. one season, just Whatever. one. What do we care? We would have great seats to a lot of great dunks <laughs> and it'd be fun. There'd be energy in the building. Like this team, I'm telling you right now, this team with Pascal, we're not going anywhere. I'd rather go nowhere with Zion. Okay. And I really would. Dunks. <laughs> yeah. And great dunks and fun. Lose 120 right. to 80, but have some awesome dunks to watch. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Cause if we're going to go nowhere, I want to go nowhere with fun guys. I don't, I must admit, I don't particularly enjoy Pascal style play. Like, I don't love it. Like he's a good player. No. I'm not saying, and he said, but I don't enjoy watching that. No, they're not uh, exciting team. Game in and game out. So, 
I'm just telling you, I would make that trade way more excitement. This, oh my god, the place would go crazy. But I agree. Listen, well, be great if you could play 60 games. Could build team excitement. You could put Pat Patrick Beverly in there too. He 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 get you excited. Certain games. He put a whole bunch of wackos no, on that team. He he would get me the exact opposite. Pat Beverly would get me <laughs> the exact. That guy's got to be out of the league next year. He has to be out of the league. Like I don't know why I can't. I don't know why teams keep going down that well with him. Anyways, let's not move on. To, uh, but yeah, I would do it. I, I think Zion and you just would hope that it was all upside. You'd think, is this, did he finally, like, it'd be like a bit of a Steph Curry. Like everyone forgets Steph Curry was really hurt a lot in his first three or four years. Ankle problems, didn't play a ton. But now I'm not comparing Steph to Zion as far oh as God. So, the type of person, <laughs> type of player, type of mentality. Type of frame, type of body yeah. frame. Well, but I mean, I don't mean that. I just, I think for Zion, it's, it's a bigger, like, am I committed to actually do what I needs to be done to stay healthy, to give myself the best chance. I mean, he clearly doesn't, right? He no. is, he seems to be, obviously there's a work ethic issue. I, I would suggest with him that, yeah. uh, that leads his body to be in the, in a so, vulnerable position all the time. And that's that guy the guy you want, you want, you want a, a injury prone, bad work ethic guy on our Raptor squad. <laughs> that's not a great pitch. It's not a great well, pitch. I agree. It's not a great, but I would do it and we'd have more fun and you'd have two Zion shirts in no time and it would be fun because we're going listen like i said if we're gonna go no go nowhere let's have fun doing it okay all right i, I that i could attest to that i could attest to right yeah. it's like the derby i didn't win any money but i had fun losing money <laughs> I wanna, if i'm gonna lose money let's have fun doing it <laughs> so same concept <laughs> um all right I, anything else for uh raptorville that you want to cover yeah i got we move on? here because we you sort of br- we brushed over it a little bit here but but and we only we only went one way so, you're the GM for the Bucks. Does Nurse take that job? Does Nurse take the Bucks job? Oh yeah, we were going to talk about Nurse. Nurse, to, um, well, if you're Nurse, you take it. No questions asked. That's a team that can win a title in the next two or three years. It's a it's yeah. a no brainer. It's yeah. a no no brainer because it's all upside for him. Um, you know, as far as he goes there and wins another title with the second team, oh my God, that's you're now in a very exclusive club, and it's going to make the Raptors look like the problem, not nurse. Yeah. Um, and now that he'd be doing it despite the Raptors, I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's anything, that, but that's just a championship ready team. Why would you not want yeah. to take that job? Yeah. You got a guy who you got to put like a base in the league MVP guy that you get on a roster as a new, new coach. That's a dream. That's a dream. He could, he could save your career for years. Look, look how long oh, yeah. he kept yeah. Budenheiser around for. And Budenheiser, yeah. I don't think is a very good coach. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think nurse, uh, if offered would, would just, be all over it, be yeah. all over it. And he, I, I don't know what his odds are uh, on that job, but I know he's got to be a top three guy. In, I as so. to who there, think so. The only knock he, I, it would be is, is he okay living in Milwaukee? That's the only, that's the only knock. Oh, of course he is. The guy grew up in the guy played basketball in Northern Idaho. Iowa? Yeah, no, I, Iowa. Or Iowa, whatever. Iowa. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll be okay in Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee when we were there. Oh, I, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, they really yeah. put a lot of effort oh, in Milwaukee. Yeah. Bratwurst, baby. No, we weren't there in February or January. I don't know what it's like then, but we were. Oh, there and I was there for eighteen hours. But um, yeah, from what I what I saw, a couple shots of Charles Barkley. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, see, it was fun. Again, it's fun. Let's have some yeah. fun. Whatever we're doing, let's have some fun doing it. <laughs> All right, I'm for that. I'm just. We've had, I'm, we've had a lot of fun this year. I, <laughs> but I am I'm worried about hating the Raptors next year. <laughs> And I, I think it's no fun. I think it's inevitable. It. It's inevitable. We're gonna have to come in with a different attitude. How are we gonna make it? <laughs> yeah, I know. 
I know. Actually, right, we just uh, what would we just bet? We'll just bet the visitor every every night. We'll bet the visitor. Oh, then uh, I would love. I would. I wish I had that ability, but I still <laughs> couldn't do that. And player props, by the way, are the dumbest bet ever. Cannot win betting player props. Cannot do it. It's hard to do. Based on your, it's hard to do. your two locks that you're early in the week. Yeah. Which I'm glad I wasn't on. Well, LeBron, um, all right, LeBron quickly. Let's last night. let's do a quick dive on the current state of the NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll go we'll go round by round. Uh, Warriors. We'll start with Warriors Lakers. That series is over. I'm telling you right now, the Lakers are winning the NBA title, and it's going because it's because I know it's going to drive me crazy. But I I'm a little bit disappointed with that, how easily they're getting through the Warriors. So Steve Kerr is taking a lot of heat here. Like the 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 Godfather. Yeah, he should after last night. He's taking like so. The he's he's refused to. What I'm reading, what I read today from a number of different articles, he's he's refused to run the pick and roll with uh, with Curry, which he did. He did it all in Game Seven against against the Kings, and Curry, Curry scored fifty, and it obviously worked. And then he did it in Game Two of this series. But all the other series, he's got away from taking the ball out of taking the ball out of Steph's hands and and not not including him in the pick and roll. And all the basketball, even the guys in the TV last night and all the advocates are saying, like, you have the best shooter in the league. Why not try to get him the ball? But Kerr's all about moving the ball around and getting the open guy and things along that lines. And it's, you know what? It's not working. And he's, he's coming under some good fire the last couple of days based on, based on his uh, play calling. Well, I mean, they had a different start. They put uh, Gary Payton the second uh, in the starting lineup last night. Gary responded, had a good game. He had a good game. I mean, here you are still mixing up. Your your starting five, um, and we were talking. I, I think we were talking about this on the weekend, weren't we? Maybe it was with Russ. I was talking about, but just around how how can you still not know what your what your yeah. core seven or eight is at this stage of the game? It, it's it's not a winning strategy. So they're they're in trouble. I I think that series is over. I think they'll win game five, but I, I, they're not they're not winning. They're not they they're not beating so LeBron three times in a row. Looney's got a sickness, and that that hurt them. That upset the upper of it too. Like yeah. he's, he played ten minutes last night, and uh, after after the first game, he got twenty three rebounds, and then after that, he just got downhill exponentially and just not getting any minutes so he's banged up so you so there's obviously that that upset the apple cart from the stars a bit and they, what, they LeBron, can't but they can't decide whether they go big or small that's what they can't decide Do we go they big can't decide, apparently they can't decide a lot of things yeah um but oh lebron winning a title would just be a disaster he's not just they're not waiting they're not that there's that supporting cast they, their supporting cast has been on fire which is which is it's got to run out of steam at some point here like know. like who was the guy that went off like last night and won it for them what was it's the guy's name? I know it's a different night. guy every night type of stuff. That's how yeah, championship was, teams do this shit. Yeah, some guy last night. I'm like, who is this guy that Murray? Was his name Murray or something? Uh, Brown. Like that. Was Brown. Heard of him. It was Brown. Was Brown. It Brown? Okay. Yeah, Brown. He uh, lit, and he went off, and I'm like, wow. They didn't let those other guys beat you. LeBron's not shooting the lights right. out by any means. Well, you, you can't be up seven going to the fourth and only score 17 points. They scored 25 points. They scored 24 points. They win that game. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. Nuggets, keep it in the West. Nuggets and uh, Suns. I tied it to. I can't see this game. This, this not going seven. Um, they, that, that's a great matchup. Those those teams battle hard. They, I'd say they're kind of evenly matched. The only thing that that Denver lacks a little bit is is Jokic and his supporting cast. Like his supporting cast. So you've got you got Durant and Booker versus Jokic and I'll say sporting cast. Maybe it's Murray, but I wouldn't want to count on Murray to score big numbers every night and he because he just doesn't. Um so I'm that the the fear for me here is 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 the sporting cast gonna show up? And it's much much like the Lakers. If you get a good sporting cast for Denver, I think they win this series. If you don't, then uh, I think the other I think Phoenix has got it. 
Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Phoenix doesn't have a ton after Booker and, and Durant. By the way, Booker's playing unbelievably well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my focus, I think, would be to try and slow down one of those two guys. Hold one guy to 20, let the other guy get yeah. his 40, and see if anyone else can beat you. But yeah. listen, I, I think I think you're right. I think it's going seven. It's been fun to watch. Um, but I love Jokic. And I love, God, how great would it be to have him on the team you had season tickets for? Yeah. So yeah. good. He's not flashy. He's not dunking. He's not doing no. like windmill dunks. No, but it's just lump, lumbering around. <laughs> like a, lumbering around. He does everything perfectly, right? He, does, he just yeah. scored 53 the other night. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. But yeah, my prediction is, uh, well, I'm kind of hoping Denver wins because I think they have a better chance of beating the Lakers. Yeah, me too. Exactly. Yeah, well, you, you're financially invested. A little different. No, I get both. I get both now. So I'm, I get more out of Denver for sure. But I think you're right. Matchup for Lakers. I think Denver is a better matchup for the Lakers. All right. Quickly in the East. Uh, Philly, Boston. Boston, Jekyll and Hyde. Tied it two again. I, uh, just like that last year's. I think this one's going seven. Um, Boston, Boston lives or dies by the outside shooting. And sometimes they can look incredible. And everybody's making shots. And the very next game, you're like, how did this team make the playoffs? That would be a tough team to cheer for because you would come you you come out of some games saying we're fantastic, and you come out the next game going, "Oh my god, what is what is with the what is with these guys?" So, as as if Boston can make the perimeter shots in two of the next three games, then they're going to win this series for sure. But if they got two cold nights in this, then I I I don't know, I don't know. Well, Harden's playing out of his I, mind. I'm becoming a Boston fan only because I think they're the only team that's got a chance to beat the Lakers. The Lakers come out of the way. I mean, if it's anybody else, the Lakers are winning the title. So I'm, I'm cheering for Boston to, uh, to win that series. I think that they get the best chance. So uh, we'll see on that. But last but not least, actually go back to how about Boston. Let's not throw the ball to Marcus smart for game winners two the other night, one in regulation, one in overtime. He made one. Well, he made one when the clock when the clock expired. Yeah, but that so, wasn't his fault. That was Tatum's fault for starting way too late. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then buried himself. I mean, yeah. But well, why, they, they, why, why is Tatum running over the ball and then throwing it to Smart to win the game? Like, uh, how about Smart running over the ball and throwing it to Tatum to win the game? Like, uh, coach, how about use your timeout? Maybe set something up. Yeah, true. true. Timeout left. They don't use it. It just doesn't make sense. It's it's that shit doesn't. doesn't I, I swear, these coaches don't understand challenges or timeouts. Yeah, it's not hard. Challenge. <laughs> In the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, timeouts, you can't take them home with you, so use them. I think they, I think they just get excited. Coaches get excited. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you use, use one of your 19 assistants. <laughs> That's right. Just make them in charge. Right. Just make them in charge. All right, last but not least, then we got to go here. Um, Jim A, Buckets. Unbelievable. It is crazy. The Heat, it's crazy. It's crazy. with that I roster, would, are going to be in the, I, the conference finals. Yeah, exactly. I would have taken the – I didn't bet it, but I would have taken the Knicks for sure in the series. No hero, oh. but but everybody, like everybody who plays in that team seems to us elevated their game. Like they just, you, you get guys that are mid-level players that are playing like stars. It's 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 unbelievable to watch. It's awesome. I see it's these guys that, that are just sort of average players that that are looking like they're looking like they deserve well, to be there. You know so what? yeah. Kentucky Russ, who's a Miami Heat fan. So it's now Miami Russ for the next couple of weeks. Um, right. I'm not. I, think, I know the connection, but I can't remember what it was. But there, uh, he's got this Miami connection, so he's been a Heat fan for a while. But he he texted me last night. He's like, everybody on that Heat team knows their role, and that's it. And they play it. Yeah. And they, there's no who's getting the like. Everyone knows. So everyone knows Jimmy's getting the ball. Adebayo's getting the ball, and you're here to do X, Y, or Z, and just do yeah. it. 
and let's move on to the next round because that's exactly what they're doing. Totally. And if you, you know, as as you know, we listen to Simmons a lot. Simmons is Simmons' biggest fear is is having to play the Heat in the playoffs. Like that's it. That's his. That's yeah, his but don't forget fear. they're the same team that they beat last year, right? So like, I get it. Uh, and obviously, Jimmy's not afraid of anything. Uh, and I'm sure we'd walk in any series think he's winning it. But Boston's got the best chance to be. But yeah, I mean, they've they've kind of destroyed the Knicks here. We're up up three one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, yeah. it's incredible. It would be fun to be a Heat fan right now. Oh, it'd be great! Got, you barely got in, and barely now this is in. happening. <laughs> this is a this would have been a this would have been a yeah this would be a dream. Yeah, exactly. You've already made you've already made plans for the second and uh, conference final rounds, thinking we're never going to be. And now all of a sudden, you got to change them all. You got to tell your wife, "Oh my god, I can't believe we're going to the game." Yeah, oh, you, you paid for awesome. eight hundred dollar tickets that you're never yeah. going to get charged for, and now it's going through in your credit card. You're like, "Jeez, I got to go to the games." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. NBA. We're done with the NBA. Yeah. What do we have next? What are we uh Derby. The Derby. Oh, we were, do, we're doing Derby now and then yeah. Okay. Well, listen, let quick recap. Uh Kitch, myself, Kentucky Russ, and the wives all were at the Derby. This uh arrived in Louisville. Beautiful Louisville. Let me just throw uh, something in there. Let me just, so Kentucky Russ. So I got it, I got introduced to a Russell Anderson this weekend. And I had no idea who Russell Anderson was and then found out that Russell Anderson is Kentucky Russ. So now I know his name. I know his full, his full name. So I was, I was, I was Listen, enlightening. It's amazing. What, it's amazing what happens when the wives show up. We learned, we learned, I learned all yeah. kinds of things this weekend because the wives showed up. Yeah. I learned I can't have a beer in the car. Oh, you got scolded for that. You got scolded for that beer in the front seat of the car. The very, uh, after crazy. the night before when I drank one and a half in the front seat, not thinking anything about it. Becky was probably yeah. giving me this no, big guy in the back. I know that, that one made no sense. Like here, she, she sees us finagling beers. We're putting them in bags to not be seen as we're getting get ready to go in the car. Then we get in the car. I go to grab my beer and she's like, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to drink my beer. Well, no, you're not. I'm like what? We're I know. Limo. Then Kristen, it's a limo car. Kristen, the driver should have hooked yeah. me up. <laughs> Kristen should have said, Oh no, of course. Like state laws, bullshit. I'm, I'm going to look that up. I'm pretty sure you can have open. If you're not driving, I'm pretty sure they're going to be open oh. alcohol in the U S Crystal through state I, laws. at you. Oh, come on, Chris. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Geez. Well, and the, so then Sue, I go, Sue goes, uh, Sue, I got like, that's kind of weird. I said to Sue, that's kind of weird about him not a beer in the front. She goes, yeah, I didn't think anything about it when you were doing it the other night. But I think, she goes, I think it was Becky's way of saying, David, you do not need one more beer. You've had enough beers. So David, Sue's, well, spin on, Sue's spin on it was, she thinks she should have been cut off by the, the car. So. Uh, you know what? I was, I was completely under control alcohol-wise the entire weekend. Yes, well, yeah, five of us were, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, all right, so the Derby. Uh, here's what I've said to everybody. You don't have to be a horse, you don't have to be a, a horse fan, horse racing fan. You should probably experience it because the spectacle of the Derby is, or, or the Oaks and Derby that weekend. I mean, I was blown away by just the atmosphere of it all because I, I had no idea what to expect. You see it on TV. It doesn't do it remotely any justice, but to be there and be there for the earlier races and see it, it was, I, out of a 10, nine and a half. Oh yeah. Good for you. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad for your, uh, your, our fourth road trip birthday celebration of the year that this one became nine and a half. So that was good. Yeah. You know what? Vegas, Vegas still on top, but by a narrow margin oh, yeah. of the Derby. <laughs> Hilton Head guys have, have plummeted. That trip has plummeted. Um, <laughs> the touchy feely guys have, the touchy-feely guys have all plummeted, those guys. 
Um, but yeah, so let's, uh, Kitch, let's, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell Danielle Hine how you enjoyed uh, getting dressed up? Because she loved, she loved that you yeah. had to do that. Yeah, so I had to wear a pink dress shirt on day We didn't one. have so to. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have to because somebody, had to wear in, my pit. House, my, oh, somebody right. in my house told me I have to. And uh, the person that impedes me when I sleep, when I roll over in bed, that person. So um, it was a full pink shirt in a full suit, uh, but no tie on the Friday. So, yeah, it wasn't great, but I topped it out. And then Saturday, we got to wear this seersucker suit, which actually is a little stretchy. So it's not super, it's not as uncomfortable as I thought it was going to be. But the bow tie, oh, that was, that was a grind. That was a full 12-hour grind with the bow tie and the top button, the shirt done up. Yeah, so that, that was a. I did the seersucker all day with the bow tie and the pink dress shirt and all the fluffy stuff and uh, toughed it out. But uh, enjoyed, enjoyed everything else besides the costumes. Enjoyed everything else from that. From that. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I went a little more casual on the uh, on the Friday. You did short sleeve shirt, which was awesome. Um, had the jacket, but you know it was easy. Took that off. I was I I loved it. And then I think I freaked a few people out in uh, the greater Louisville area with my Saturday choice, which was my Bermudas. Uh, and for those of you who aren't aware, that is the knee-high socks, shorts, shirt, jacket. And I had the bow tie for a while. Um, and the number of looks that I got, people just, you, it, from the time I walked down in the lobby, the first, people, just, everyone, just quick glance, right? Just a quick, boop, yeah. oh, what the fuck is that what guy is that? wearing? What is that? <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> I must admit, uh, so I got, and then I got a, I got a number of compliments from people who are brave enough to acknowledge it. Um but I was waiting for the picture take. Usually I, when I wear that uh, in a place like Louisville, usually someone says, hey, can I get a picture? No one asked for a picture with the guy in the long, um, with the knee That's high. true. That was, yeah. uh, that was I would have lost that bet because I threw it out there. I threw it out there that yeah. was going to happen, and it did not. I would have bet the over for sure. But it was different. It was a different crowd. It was kind of like a room full of people, but nobody really engaged with each other. It's like a bunch of, it was your own yeah. tables. It was your own tables. and was it? For sure, which I, I didn't like that part of it. They're, they're neat. No. Um, and I, I didn't love the steaks room. So we went in this place called the steaks room, which amenity, like it, it was expensive, but it allowed you a lot of sort of, um, I don't know, ease of use. Like you just, your food was there. Your bedding windows were there. You had, you had uh, coverage in case it rained. Uh, so it was great from all those things, but I didn't love the room itself. Cause like you said, it wasn't a great atmosphere necessarily in there. Could have been way yeah, so more fun if you had some good tables around you. Yeah, it could have been. And that's, that's sort of the, like that part of the trip. You you sit at it just for a, for people listening. It's 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 like you sit at a table, a private table that you have in this big sort of banquet room, and there's a buffet, and you can eat whenever you want and drink whenever you want. Uh, but then when you when the races come on, you have to get up and walk across the room to go stand at a rail. Now you're right at the finish line. You got a great view of both sides of the track, so it's a, it's a great vantage point. Uh, but then after the race, you come back in and sit at the table again, and five six seven minutes before post, you go back out again. Yeah, that part I didn't love. That part I didn't love. Like the, I would, I would rather actually sit in the, sit sort of outside all day and just, and just sort of take it all in from the from the atmosphere. Where you, you kind of got away from the atmosphere a bit by always always going back. Outside. Well, I mean, don't forget that works great if it's a night, the great two days of weather that yeah, we got. Not so great when it came because when it did rain for the last twenty minutes of our of our experience on Saturday, that would have sucked. Had it rained all day. We got wet. It would be a little wet. Yeah, it would have been horrible. <laughs> you and your seersucker and the bow tie would have looked a lot worse. I mean, because you actually pulled that off. Wet, you don't pull that off. <laughs> You're soaking wet, you don't pull it off. That's it's been disaster for you. <laughs> um. All right. Well, listen. Let's uh, let's get this out of the way. Uh, I took a lot of heat 
uh, for some uh, betting choices and for oh. the window that I that I chose to go to, old man Mike, who couldn't hear and kept giving me wrong bets. Uh, but I think uh, I think you guys are way too rigid in our betting structure. Uh, I think a lot of the research was bogus. And if we'd only followed Shannon, who had no philosophy Great. or research. Yeah. So she had a philosophy, but she had no research. It was all it was all field betting. She liked the number eight. She liked the pink. Uh, I would have been, I would been, a, I'd be a wealthy man had I followed yeah. Shannon with the she, amount that I dominated bet. the day one. Oh. She dominated for sure. Unbelievable. But Becky, Becky came back and she was like, how come I have all this money in my, cause so Becky made money. If I just followed Becky, I would have made money too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think even Sue, but the big one that we had the group bet. So it was the show bet, meaning that everyone, so every race, one person got a, a chance to pick a horse that was going to show, which has come first, second or third. And then we would take that money and we'd ride it. Or we'd roll it into the next bet. Oh, so you're going to do my drives you crazy right now? Do my drives you crazy? Right oh, well, no, I, we, we can save it for that. But I just want everyone to know that we, uh, that was the big group. I'll leave it at this. That was the big group bet. That was the group activity where we were all involved. Uh, and in theory, it was up to the individual to make their decision. But as you'll find out, that's not necessarily the case. There's a lot yeah. of scorn if the, involved if the, if the, if the, if the individual was a moron, then that was what wasn't left to live anymore. <laughs> hey, don't talk to, don't talk about C like that. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else on the Derby that? Uh... Uh, no, it's good. Like it's 180,000 fans. It's, 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 it's very vibrant. You, you can do it at all levels. So you'd go into the infield for next to nothing. You, there's a, they put in a massive screen now there. It's actually, you sat in the infield because you can hardly see the track of the infield. So you, uh, you watch, but you watch this massive screen and hear the noise. You, you feel it for, for a university student paying 50, 40 bucks to get in. That'd be a fun day to, to, to go into the, into the pit there. Then you got the bleachers. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, they get the bleachers down at the end of the at end of the stretch drive, and then it graduates into seats, and then they get into the grandstand, and they get up in it. So there's you, you do the derby in many different levels, and probably enjoy it from pretty much anywhere, just from the atmosphere standpoint. You know, what? it's one of the things I forgot to ask when I got assaulted, when I got verbally assaulted by Charlotte Kevin, um, and by verbally assaulting, I mean he struck up conversation with me in the airport after ten hours, and I hear I'm making small talk with a stranger, so that's that's an assault. Uh, but we did. He did end up sitting in that grandstand section. Uh, to mixed reviews on his part, but I was curious. I meant to ask him, how do they see the race? Like, how are they watching it uh, under the grandstand? Because that big screen, I don't think was visible to them, or if it was, it wasn't great viewing angles. Like it must have been teased. I wanted to know how the grandstand worked. Like the ones at the corner, the ones that, to the right of us, those ones? Yeah, the, the grandstand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah the first turn. Left. The first turn. Yeah. I, 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 couldn't, I would not want those seats. That would be, those would be. No. No, no, that was a whole new, that's a whole new section they built since I was there last time. It probably f- seats another thirty thousand, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. I'd rather go, I'd rather go anywhere down the stretch line before there. Yeah, for sure, down the stretch line is the only place to be. I, I, to be fair, the stakes room that was the best part. We were right at the finish line, which that right was awesome. Line, fourth level, look straight down at it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. yeah, that was good. I did, I did enjoy our, our viewing angles for sure. So you know what? By that we should. I mean, I know he's looking for it. So if we don't, if we don't say it, we'll get, we'll get. Uh, he'll get upset. So Kentucky Russ, thank you. You're our connection to this. Uh, yep. You know what? You're yep. a great guy. Couldn't have done this without you. You're the best. So there. I mean, bought I dinner. Do it. Bought dinner one night. Bought dinner one night. Uh-oh. You know what? Begrudgingly, he did. It took him a while to go to his wallet. Like, oh, I can't. Where is it? Oh, did I bring it, Shannon? Did you get my? Wallet? Oh, but he eventually got to get to dinner. Yeah, he did. He did. So thank you, thank you, Russ. You're the best. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well done, um, Russ. Kentucky Russ. All right. Well, you know, with that, why don't we just segue right into what drives you crazy? Because it's going to roll into. And yeah, I'm ready. So, I'm ready to defend this. So what so, drives you crazy so is we we decide we have this betting strategy that Kentucky Russ brings up. I think it's a great one. He goes, we're all going to put it's in a hundred awesome. bucks. It's a group. It's a group fun bet. There's six of us. So we got six hundred dollars. We're all going to throw it in, and yeah. we're going to bet the sh- you're going to bet the show on a decent horse in each race. And uh, so one person gets to go to the window. They pick they pick that horse. Now usually usually for five people on this trip, it was like a communal decision. Like we'd sort of talk. Do you guys like this one? Yeah, it's a good one. Things along that oh. line. <laughs> and then uh, so we said, well, because it's Bart's birthday, he goes first. So Bart goes up to the first window, and we're just getting started with this thing. All right, this is gonna be fun. The girls are gonna get involved. It's gonna be an enjoyable afternoon. And Bart takes the longest shot in the race. So he takes, he takes the, because, because his research was, well, this horse that is in this race won the Kentucky Derby the previous year, which That's was, right. what's the, was the name? I can't remember the name. Richard Strike or Strike Rich, Rich Strike. Rich Strike. Yeah. Rich Strike. So Rich Strike, he goes, won the Derby last year. Well, the horse, all it's done is, is, is got screwed probably all year and bred and hasn't raced in a race. So, uh, so we get out there. So our first 600 bucks where we think it's going to be on maybe the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth favorite in the race. No, we have the eighth favorite in the race in an eight horse race. <laughs> So, uh, so that horse comes, well, it doesn't come first or second it, or third, which is the t- it comes eighth, it comes eighth, does never seventh. in it. Came seventh. It didn't come dead but last. Came seventh. Some, did one, was that the one the horse got put down in that race? Was that, was that the eighth place horse? No. I can't remember actually. It may have been. It may have <laughs> it been. been. It might have been. Yeah. So anyway, that didn't work out. So now all of a sudden we're $600 down after race one. Girls are like, this is not a fun, it's not a fun endeavor. What? What is this? So then we, we ponied up again and the remaining five of us who had our next picks all picked decent horses. And we, we, we hung in there for at least three or four races. We didn't win any, we didn't win any, but because we kept parlaying it. And, and so you'd, you'd get 600 bucks. You might get $800 and it might go to 1100. And we decided when it would get to a decent amount, we'd consider uh, pulling some back. But it never got to a real decent amount. The only decent amount was when Sue uh, had a $1,400. And she was telling us we should take $200 and just bet it and get our money back. And uh, well, let's, she got voted down. Let's, um, let's break that down for a second. So we were back to um, – this is our third go-around here. So now each couple's in for $600. Um, and we won our first bet with a horse that won the race. So 600 became 1400. So this is our second bet into that, that, um, and what I'd like to point out here is that when Sue was humming and humming about the 10 horse or the four horse, and she ended up, because it was the four and the 10, I remember like there was all this, Oh, Sue, do, do what you want. Just do what you want. You get to do, just do what you want. Just do what you want. Every time I had to do it, it was though, here's what we're doing. You got to take, the, you got to take the favorite, Take the favorite. Let's get the show. That's what you have to do, right? But when the, when it came to the girls picking, oh no, just have fun. Just pick whatever you want out there. Who cares? Because the the girls like the four and ten were the favorite and the second favorite in the race. So they they come with the first yeah. second favorite. That was well, different. Where did Sue's horse end up? Where did Sue's educated. horse end up? Fourth. Yeah. Every fourth. every time we lost, the horse came fourth. Except for you. Except for mine. Every time every time we lost, the horse came fourth. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? And I would argue that the way I lost was way better than that fucking horse coming forth every time. True. It was less painful. That's for yeah. sure. Cause it was yeah. uh, the stretch drive. That's, we were throwing you know what? 600 bucks in the, for the guy who made this trip happen, uh, for whose birthday weekend it was. Uh, yeah. I think it should have been far less, um, scornful. There was too much scorn <laughs> in our group when it came to this, to this idea. I, I was, I was leading the scorn, scorn parade. So yeah, yeah I know you, yeah. you jumped right. Oh, and this also came from the guy when it would come to his bet, 
And every time, oh, this is the one race I'm not sure about. This is what we got from Kitch all week. Oh, oh the one race of my turn once, to pick it. Once in each day. Once each day. Somehow, it the, whole, the, the, point is, the, the race I had wide open on my sheet was always the one I had to pick from. But I hung in well, there. I picked the favorite, what? and I hung in there. I never lost my race. I'll get there on it. You know what? Secretariat Kitch uh, presented himself as being a horse whisperer, a someone who 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 lives and dies with this shit. You should you should have embraced the moment. You should have embraced it. Instead, you almost ran from it. I had to, for, at one point I had to drag you to the window to make the bet. You weren't <laughs> going to make the bet that one time. Speaking of betting windows, okay, if you go to the derby and you walk up to the window, have an idea of what you want to bet when you get to that window. Like when you get to the front, don't just flip through the program. Go, oh, I'll take this one and that one and this one. That should be a rule. There should be something saying bet properly. Like know what you're doing before you get in front of that person. The lineups would take forever to go through because somebody was flipping through the program. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. But that's what happens with Sorry, like, well, that's just with people in that environment who think they, uh, there are no consequences to anything. They probably way, have way too much money and just think I can do whatever the fuck I want. They, and they, no concept, the people behind them, or the race is about to go off. We got to get this fucking picket. Like, yeah, it, disaster. Socially, I mean, socially that was, that was that frustrating on day two. Day one, say, we didn't have that problem. I would say there was a lot, there was half the room was socially unaware of what was going on around them. Well, we sure as shit know it during the race when that woman took my spot. She was socially unaware. She was. When my she mom, was. when my mom took the spot, Eleanor, she was socially Eleanor unaware. Her way through. <laughs> I almost made her what my drives me crazy, but I thought, no, that'd be, that's too mean. That's too mean. Um, well, you know, the other thing that Derby needs to do is make sure the people who are working can actually hear the bets you're making. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, so, some of the workers were mid 70s to early 80s. And the one guy who they put at the, the guy who they put at the $50 window, money, like, so money the window. window, the big money window, you went there, he couldn't hear a thing. The number of times he got our bets wrong, it was astonishing. Like, and it was be like, I'll take the seven to win. And you come back and you'd have like a three, seven exactor. And he'd be like, well, how did, how did I go from seven to win to three, seven exactor? He goes, ah, that, and you go back to him and say, how'd you get this? He goes, well, that, that's just what I heard. I'm like, well, that's yeah. a big deal. Like seven to win does not sound like three, seven exactor. <laughs> And, and how about repeat it when people are saying it to you? If you're not sure, how about re- when I say seven fourteen, say, like just repeat it so that we go okay. <laughs> we agree. Yeah, he, just kept ra- he kept randomly typing stuff in at the well, at the big God money window. Co- thank God he didn't cost us the pick. Whatever that time when he when I had the wrong, we thought we we thought we'd won. <laughs> yeah, I look at my sheet. Oh, I know. I, I still have that ticket. It's the drives you crazy, but it can't drive me crazy now because we didn't win it. We didn't. We didn't happen. So oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. In hindsight, would have been awesome. Uh, all right, listen, for my what drives uh, also on the Derby, but um, well, Derby weekend, nothing to do with the Derby itself or the people I was with, because for the most part, uh, you know, I thought I put together a pretty good group of uh, people to do that with. And again, I'll remind, I just, it was a little disappointing with the, with the heat I took, but um, it's not about you guys. This is not about you guys. It could, it could have been, I could have chosen you guys as what drives me crazy. Um, but so in, uh, so of course we're flying out Sunday. Oh, Sunday turns out to be the worst travel experience of my life. Uh, we get to the airport for a one thirty flight. Kitch was there for an 11 o'clock flight. So, uh, and the airport couldn't have been more jammed. There were so many delays. Uh, our flight at one thirty got bumped to three thirty, four thirty, five thirty. At one stage we're five thirty. We're on the airplane. We, we pull back, uh, I don't know, probably 50 feet from the gate. Pilot comes on and says, Hey, they're telling us our, our hold on the runway is 90 minutes. We're going to time out. We're out of here. So we pull back in. Uh, we get off the plane, and now no one knows what the fuck's going on. The place is a zoo. What happened, what happened on that plane? What happened to the people on the plane when that announcement came across? They must have lost their minds. You know what? Surprisingly gentle. 
there were no even like, like there was no are you kidding me this is bull like i think i was the only one who said this is bullshit um <laughs> and but yeah it was actually surprisingly cool in that environment i i was expecting it to be way way worse uh yeah. actually the whole day where we were wasn't too too bad um well, it was chaotic as far as people we keeping it together so anyways next thing you know this plane's now being rescheduled uh for 10 30 at night uh, Becky deserts me, gets on a different flight so she can get back. I'm now left with the luggage to deal with on my own. Oh, I didn't know that. I, what did Becky Oh, yeah. Had? Oh, yeah. Becky, <laughs> Becky went, we, we ran to another gate where she could maybe get on another Charlotte flight. Uh, yeah. That thing ended up getting delayed three hours, but she ultimately got on and got her connector for, to Savannah to then get back. So she got back that night. Well, I don't because <laughs> I'm with the luggage. Uh, so now I'm in the Charlotte airport at one o'clock in the morning. Thankfully, I had the wherewithal to book a, a minute suites that they have in the Charlotte airport, which is basically this little section. It's like a, I don't know, call it 200 square feet, but they put these eight little rooms in that, that you like, they put the tiniest couches, which I sent you a picture of yeah. um, that you can, you can go there crash. And the, the beauty of it is you don't have to leave the airport. So the next day when I was getting up for my nine o'clock flight, the next day, yeah. I didn't have to leave the airport go through security, all that sort of shit. So there was some, but I mean, it's a horrible little room. So, yeah. but here's what was, I couldn't, I, I was shocked. Thank God I was so exhausted that I couldn't, really do or say much to the dude um so i go in there and say listen any chance i can get a pillow and blanket he goes yeah i can get you a pillow but i can't get you a blanket this is 1 30 in the morning now maybe two o'clock i go really no blankets he's like well we're washing them i said you're washing them what like what do you mean like he's like well yeah i, I just i just threw them in the wash <laughs> and i'm sitting there going are you fucking kidding me the room i'm in it's uh air conditioned regulated so i can't even change it's freezing fucking cold in there a blanket <laughs> would have been really handy um and I'm sitting there going, well, why would you ever wash the blankets so they weren't ready where people are in the middle of the night? Like That's a three o'clock in the afternoon job, not a three o'clock in the morning job. Or 11 in the morning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, whatever. Like it's never, you got to have the blankets ready for nighttime. I would think. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like it just, but this guy was like, yeah, sorry. I don't have, he, he could, there wasn't one ounce of him going, Hey, I know it's an ice box in there and you can't change the temperature and you don't have a blanket. There was no like, oh, it's, sorry, dude. It was nothing. He was like, yeah. I'm going to go back to watching my Netflix because that's what he was doing. Um, so I was just dumbfounded. He goes, but how about he goes, but don't worry. When they're ready, I'll knock on the door and I'll bring you one. I'm like, okay. Well, I assumed that meant like ready would be like, I don't know, 45 minutes. Yeah. 5 a.m. I got to knock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what, what, his, that's what his show was over. That's what his Netflix <laughs> show was over. My blanket showed up at 5 a.m. I literally was chattering as I as I went to him. I couldn't say thank you because my teeth, I couldn't get my, my mouth to work that way. It was so cold in there. Uh, so, yeah, Minute Suites, great concept. But I'm just saying maybe blankets ready for for nighttime. Yeah, that'd be nice. If blankets were ready for, for bedtime. Nobody be nice. knew anything in that entire airport. That was the most messed up airport I've ever been in for people having a knowledge base of what's going on. Like it was, it was incredible how nobody knew anything. Like we're, we're at a well, section where people kept pouring in. So they just kept, they, they kept falsely telling these people, these planes were leaving. So people just kept showing up and there had to been, there had to been 500 people in a room that was like, oh, I don't, a small, like an elementary school gym, like 500 people jammed in it. And when, when a plane did land, people had no ability to get off the plane and get, out to baggage claim because you couldn't get through the people. It was so God, thick. See, yeah. it was it was the same problem on our side too. It, it was yeah. It's amazing how and oh my god, people weren't aware how to use the American Airlines app and uh, how to get on standby, track their bag. They had no idea how to do anything. It is it is amazing. It is amazing how people don't know how to travel. 
It was amazing oh, it was, to me. And people losing their minds, like, like just, just the, I, I stood near the counter just for entertainment's sake for a little bit. And the questions people came up with, was just astonishing. And these, these guys working here, like, how come we're not leaving? And the guy goes, well, um, cause air traffic control has told the pilots that they, they aren't allowed to leave yet. He goes, well, can you talk to the pilots? He goes, well, what would you like me to tell him? You, can you tell them to call air traffic control and tell them we got to get out of here? And I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure the pilots are in touch with that. But the other thing about that airport that I pointed out to you, which was which was shocking to me. So then this is why I will never fly to Louisville Airport again. So Louisville Airport is a UPS hub. It might be the, I don't know if it's the only one in the U.S., but it's one of the major ones in the U.S. And the, they said it was taking an hour and a half for the planes to take off, and we got stuck an hour and a half waiting to be able to leave the gate because it was too busy on the on the on the runway. We I got out there, and in total, when from the taxiing out to the takeoff, I counted uh, seventeen planes, and fourteen of them were UPS planes. So that's why the commercial guys were stuck. I guess UPS owns the airport; they run all the planes going in and out of there. So there was no ability for the commercial planes to get out, and that's why the airport kept jamming up. I'm like, wow. What a terrible yeah, airport I, to, to fly I guess, out of. I guess the good news is everyone got their UPS packages on time. <laughs> they did, yeah, yeah. I cooked in a blanket. You know what? I should have ordered a blanket from UPS to, to deliver to Minute Suites. I should have <laughs> delivered to Minute Suites. I'd have been fine. <laughs> if only I'd known. It would have been there, it would have been there hours ahead of me. <laughs> All right, listen. I gotta move on. It's uh, speaking of dinner time, almost bedtime. Yeah. Uh I got I gotta get rolling here. Um uh, AOB, do we have anything else that we want to? Uh, I don't. I don't think I have any OBs. No. When's the next? When's the next birthday party? That's just it. Am I done now? I think I might be done now. Birthday four is this it for me? Well, you get the lake, July twenty second. Oh, the lake. But that's the lake, that's right. The lake sort of that's sort of everyone's well, that's not getting that It's not, not getting in an airplane. It's not, so it's okay. It's not kitchen and tents. That one. Um, no, I can go home that night. USO. <laughs> probably alone as usual. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you might be off the hook, but you know what? All right. We're only halfway through the year, so I, I could easily have. Uh, I think you know you're welcome. Sure. You're welcome to cut into Guns and Roses in Vancouver. No, I'm I'd a, love to have I'm you. Out. It's a Monday night. It's a Monday night in Vancouver. JC, yeah, Rush, Ricky, what else could you want? Uh, Guns a Rose. lot. I could have a lot. Uh, and then, listen, I'd love to have you at Darts. Darts in the UK in December also. Darts, love to have you. <laughs> Oh, you never know. That might come around. That might happen. Actually, <laughs> I'm telling you, that one's going to be so much fun. That could cl- that could easily take over Vegas easily. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. Well, listen. There we go. There we go on the AOB. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. Okay. Take it away, Kawhi.